You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. Mia, welcome to The Spill, your daily pop culture fix. I'm Chelsea McLaughlin. And I'm Laura Brodnick. And Chelsea, this is our second last show together for the year. Now, tell me, you're away in New Zealand, mm-hmm. so we haven't chatted. Have you been madly watching the new Emily in Paris <laughs> that came out this week? Yes, of course. I was going to bring this up as well because I know you have a very important date on Christmas Day with Emily in Paris, so I won't spoil it. <laughs> I watched half of the screeners. Oh, really? And then I finished it last night when it came out. And I am <gasps> so excited to talk to someone about it. I can't talk to you, so I'm going to need some spillers to come talk to me. I'm so sorry. If anyone wants to talk about Emily in Paris, <laughs> you can talk to Chelsea now and me after Christmas Day because my sister and I are saving in the afternoon when, you know, family goes and kids go to bed and all that sort of stuff and we're going to get lit. I told my sister this week, because we're both here in Queensland visiting family, that I'd said on the podcast and she's like, you told people that? That's so embarrassing. And I was like, I think I've actually said it on multiple Mamma Mia platforms at this stage. Again, thank God my family don't listen to this pod. I talk about them all the time and they would hate it. They've got this whole secret life going on. But hey, today we are actually going to talk about something rather important. A name, Lamar Odom. You may not have heard that name in a while. But a trailer for a new documentary that he is doing has come out and it is all sorts of problematic. There is much to discuss. We'll get into that in a second. But first, the entertainment news headlines of the day. I have news. What's the hot gosh? I want more headlines. Okay, so I don't want to say poor Taylor Swift because I think that girl might be doing okay. Hard to tell. (laughs) She's fine. (laughs) But it was confirmed today that Taylor Swift has been officially knocked out of one of the Oscar races and one section that people thought she was actually going to win because it's been confirmed that All Too Well, the short film, which was the music video for her song that she directed that starred Sadie Sink and Dylan O'Brien, has failed to advance to the next round of voting for Best Live action short in the Oscars. So that list came out today. In good news for Taylor, she's still a contender for best song for her song Carolina for Where the Crawdads Sing, which might not be nominated for best movie, but definitely that song is in the race. Chelsea, weirdly enough, you are the biggest Taylor Swift Mm -hmm. fan I know, even though that just does not go with your overall (laughs) personality. But anyway, how are you feeling for your girl today? All of this is being reported as a snub. And is it a snub if it's clearly not deserving of a nomination like I am a huge huge Swifty like an unapologetically embarrassingly huge Swifty (laughs) and I know people will roll their eyes but I really don't think that Taylor thought that this was going to win an Oscar but I do think it was kind of like a convenient stepping stone for her because she was you know able to launch director Swift which is now clearly sort of a career that she wants to go down she was at film festivals she played it like a special private screening at Lucasfilm which is owned by Disney which is the same company that owns Searchlight which will distribute her feature film I just feel like she was networking here people take Taylor Swift really really seriously they think she's super earnest in everything that she does but she's smart she would have known what she was doing and like this was never going to win an Oscar let's be real 
<laughs> well, I don't know because the Oscars, like we were saying on a previous episode, they really need viewers. Mm. Like at the end of the day, they're a business who needs to get people to watch their commercials. But maybe she'll be up for best song. And having Taylor Swift there and potentially getting up on stage and giving a speech is going to get all of her fans to tune in. I think more so that people are kind of railing against her is because she just did that directors on directors interview series for Variety. Mm-hmm. And that's usually for people who have won an Oscar, have been nominated or are about to be. And so a lot of people are like, oh my God, I can't believe she did that interview series. And then she didn't even get nominated. How embarrassing. But at the end of the day, Variety is still the winner for that because I think so 100%. many people tuned into that interview mm-hmm. series when they previously wouldn't have tuned in just to listen to two directors talk. So at the end of the day, I think she's doing okay. Okay, so Lana Del Rey is releasing a new album titled Did You Know That There's a Tunnel Under Ocean Boulevard, which is the most Lana Del Rey title of all time. (laughs) I love that. So long. She loves just like fitting as many words as she possibly can into a sentence. That will be released in March 2023. And Lana has chosen a unique marketing tactic. That is just one billboard, and that billboard is in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Seemingly very random until you learn that Tulsa, Oklahoma is the hometown of her ex-boyfriend, Sean Larkin, who was a cop and strangely also an ex-reality star. He was on a police show called Live PD. (laughs) And if there was any question at all about whether this was a pointed dig or not, Lana shared a selfie to Instagram of herself with the billboard in the background with the caption, there's only one and it's in Tulsa, skull emoji. And then she wrote, it's personal in the comments. And this is causing a lot of conversation online because everyone is basically like, Lana Del Rey is the pettiest of petty and we love it. Yeah, I've seen those headlines around with, I think the cut did one that just basically said Lana Del Rey is petty as hell and that's a really fun thing to pick up on. Billboards are always so controversial in Hollywood, just as a side note, because there's so much competition about who's going to get the prime spots in LA and like Hollywood and also studios have been knowing if they want to placate their stars and not spend a lot of money, they'll put billboards where they know they drive, like they know where they drive from their house to the studio and instead of, they'll say like, oh, we put up 30 billboards, but they'll only put up two where the person driving can see them. So I feel like Lana Del Rey has taken that billboard kind of war and made it really personal by just putting it in her ex's city. But it's actually a brilliant marketing technique. Like I think it's meant to look like she just did it as a dig at him. But now this story has gone viral. Everyone's picked it up. Everyone's talking about it. And I know Lana Del Rey is very popular and would get media attention for her release anyway, but not for this, not the splash on like every entertainment page today. She wouldn't be getting that without a petty billboard. Completely. And it's actually quite interesting because Lana typically does not promote anything. She doesn't care. (laughs) Her Instagram is like not verified. It's private. It's private. How did you get in there? I've been following her for a long time. I love me some Lana. Oh, okay. It's like pretty much known. If you're a Lana fan, she's never going to give you any kind of promo, any traditional promo. And so this was really interesting that I think it was probably done one because it is petty and kind of funny, but also like you said, super, super clever. And I live for musicians being petty because this is pretty harmless, right? Like it's low stakes. You know, Lana's written music about an ex like shock horror. And it also does like the perfect amalgamation of two types of pop stars. You have your like larger than life, ridiculous persona pop stars, your OTT persona, because this is like she's gone out of her way to go to Oklahoma, very strange sort of middle of nowhere place and posted this. But it also is like 
the other type of pop star, which is the really relatable, like diaristic one, because we all look at this and we all think, I can imagine myself doing, you know, a pointed Instagram story, for example, that's like you really want just one specific person to see. So it taps into something (laughs) that we all have a little bit of pity inside us. Chelsea was able to unearth the image from Lana's (laughs) private Instagram, and it's up on our Instagram page if you want to have a look. So TMZ are releasing a new document. Well, it's not really a documentary. They call it a special, but it's kind of got all the hallmarks of a documentary because, you know, they interview someone, they show news clips, they tell a narrative story. And this particular one that they're releasing soon is all about basketball and reality TV star Lamar Odom Jr. called Lamar Odom, Sex, Drugs and Kardashians. So the Kardashians in that is what people really care about. Because, yes, I know Lamar Odom was a big basketball star, but how do I know that? Because he was married to Khloe Kardashian. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. most of us would not know Mm -hmm. about this. We are not a sports podcast. So I'm sure everyone is across. Lamar and Khloe Kardashian were married in 2009 and divorced in 2016. And their romance was – I don't know how much of the Kardashians you've watched, Chelsea. This is a gray area because this is the one reality show I do watch, (laughs) so I can't remember where everyone else in the world fits in. But their relationship was a huge part of this series because they'd known each other for, I think, like a month or so when he proposed to her and they got married a month later, like a very short time frame like that. And every part of their engagement, their relationship, telling the family, the wedding was all covered across Keeping Up With The Kardashians and in a TV special. They then had a spin-off series, Chloe and Lamar. But apart from that, they also had like joint fragrances, joint clothing lines, TV appearances. They very much became a brand. And he was very much part of the Keeping Up The Kardashians main cast. And then information started to come out about him taking drugs, about things with his like children from a previous relationship and custody issues, fights with his family, cheating on Khloe Kardashian, being with sex workers, being in brothels. All of this stuff came out over a series of different tabloids and it all culminated in Chloe and Lamar separating and then him having a drug overdose and being found in a brothel, I believe. Like, again, there's a lot of different information out there and the Kardashians going to see him in a hospital where he was hospitalized for a long time. He nearly died. His recovery was very long. Again, all of this was seen on the Kardashians. But what's interesting, though, is that when they first thought that he might have potentially passed away and was taken to hospital, it's maybe the only time that they've turned all the cameras off and they all stopped filming and there's no footage of any of that or even people in their homes talking. And so after Khloe Kardashian like helped rehabilitate him, they separated and then we haven't heard from him for a while, you're right, until this documentary came out. And what we've seen from the first trailer that's been released this week is that it is so much about Khloe Kardashian. You kind of backslid into drugs during this time. Yeah, drugs was my, my, that was my girlfriend. I had a wife and cocaine. Chloe knew you were using, right? For part of our marriage, I had to tell her, you can't hide that forever. She stood by you. <laughs> yeah, she did. Man. I mean, behind the scenes, I put her through some The things that y'all think y'all know is crazy. But the stories that y'all don't know is like, is like really crazy. 
So the official synopsis for the documentary says that it will be an all-new revealing special that's going to be a deep dive on Lamar Odom's troubled marriage to Khloe Kardashian, and this is a line from them, which was as memorable as his incredible basketball career. And they go on to say that Lamar is going to speak exclusively to TMZ about his sex addiction and substance abuse and his spectacular rebound. So they're trying to pull a few other story threads in there, but I think what we're seeing from this is that it is almost a big tell-all about his marriage to Khloe Kardashian. And that's what all the headlines have been about this week. Like everyone's picked it up. Khloe's name is back in the headlines with him. At the time of recording, she hasn't said anything. But just the whole thing has a very uncomfortable feel to it. I think it is weird to equate sex, drugs and Kardashians in a title, first of all. Right? I just think those three things, you know, they're different. Has Chloe talked about him much in the last couple of years? Not recently. No, not in the last couple of years at all. Like she obviously had to when they were separating and he was still like in parts of the show. And obviously because back then, especially keeping up the Kardashians was much more about their personal lives than the new Kardashians is. And so, so much of that was her like talking to her family about her relationship. Mm, yeah. It would get brought up in interviews all the time and she'd say the same thing every time. I love Lamar. Like we'll always be fans. Family, but we've separated, you know, like she had a, a line that she wheeled out everywhere. And so, yeah, unfortunately, all the Khloe Kardashian headlines for the last couple of years have been very much centered on Tristan Thompson and all of his dirty dog acts. But now Lamar Odom's jumped in and, you know, we don't know how much TMZ has paid him for this, but obviously there's, you know, financial gain on both sides. But about the title though, like, <laughs> you know, I love a clicky headline as well. I would have put Kardashian sex and drugs together too, because it sounds like the Kardashians are doing And that's clicky. It also makes it sound like they're responsible for all of his problems, which I think is a weird bow to draw. I want to know what you think about the fact that, one, it's coming from TMZ, but it's also going to air on Hulu. And that is the network that is the Kardashians. And so it's so easy to become a conspiracy theorist around the Kardashians, particularly Kris Jenner. In everyone's (laughs) mind, she's like Hollywood's greatest puppeteer. Do they know about this? Like, would Chris have had a hand in it? Because TMZ is very pro-Kardashian. Yeah. And Hulu is obviously very pro-Kardashian because they make them a hell of a lot of money. Like, do you think that there would have been any Kardashian hands in this? That's the weird thing about it because, first of all, the TMZ involvement in something that's also linked to a story about paparazzi and information being linked is so (laughs) So rich as well. Like, come on. Yeah, exactly. Because it's a TMZ, like Harvey from TMZ, who's like the mastermind Mm. behind it all, who is asking a lot of the questions in the clip. And we don't know what the rest of the documentary is, but, you know, there was so much media attention, paparazzi. I think TMZ was actually the ones who were leaking all the, they always are, they were the ones who were leaking all the information about where he'd been found what he'd been doing his hospitalization records so it's so wild to think that they're now the ones putting together the documentary special about it it's almost like if britney spears was doing a documentary and the paparazzi who chased her through the streets that she hit with an umbrella was one asking her the questions like that's the vibe so i understand why tmz is moving into this more documentary special area at the moment because celebrity documentaries and tell-alls are so lucrative at the moment like celebrities want to do them because they feel like it gets their story out there and they get to control the narrative and streaming platforms want to make them because they know that they get so many viewers and so much coverage. So I understand why TMZ is doing that. The Hulu thing is interesting. And like I said, I haven't seen any of the Kardashians comment on the trailer release this week. I guess what we do know is that 
Hulu gave the Kardashian family a huge amount of money to come across to their platform. They're all executive producers on the Hulu show. They don't have complete final say over everything, but they're pretty powerful. The only thing I can think that's happened is that, I mean, I don't know these people personally as much as I watch their lives on TV, (laughs) but it does seem weird that they would even want this special out here. So I don't think they would have had a hand in creating it. Potentially, they allowed it to go to Hulu. Like maybe, you know, the bosses at Hulu said, like, we want to buy this project. And maybe they said yes, because they'd rather have it within a company that they had a little bit of control over. Because what we've seen so far of the documentary is that it's actually going to be very pro-Chloe Kardashian. Obviously, it's still shitty to use her name to make content and to get clicks off her name but it looks like he's saying I put her through the ringer I did this she stood by me so maybe the caveat there or maybe the kind of the allowance was the documentary can run here as long as it's very pro Chloe if it goes to another network they have no control over it is kind of my thinking again I don't know that's true they probably were able to you know maybe see early if not just some clips and then kind of formulate the you know fantastic Kardashian response that they always have a really calculated response to it, something that's potentially scandalous. I mean, I get it. You want to have control over your own narratives and be able to, you know, say your story, which I think is really important that people are able to tell their own stories. But yeah, the TMZ of it all, I mean, you kind of have to laugh because it's so ridiculous. It's so on the nose. It's like if Piers Morgan interviewed Meghan Markle and was like, oh, how does it feel oh my God, to be yes. like the most hated person in the world? It's like, well, I wonder why that is, Piers. Like, it's so funny. Yeah. How does it feel to have the media say untrue things about you, Piers exactly. Morgan, to Meghan Markle? That's so true. Okay, so we don't have an air date for the documentary in Australia. We do know it'll be coming out on Hulu in the States on the 2nd of January, and we'll be keeping an eye out to see if any of the Kardashian family comment on it. Thanks so much for listening to The Spill today. As we mentioned, this is the second to last podcast of the year, so Laura and I are going to do something special tomorrow. Laura and I are going to sit down and we're going to answer all your questions. So if you happen to have a question about the podcast, about pop culture generally, interviews, entertainment, just anything. Someone ask my opinion on something. I've got many opinions and I'm happy to give them. (laughs) And ask us some juicy questions. We want juicy. Guys, we're going to go rogue. We'll answer anything. So jump in our DMs on the Spill Podcast Instagram. We'll try to get through as many as we can tomorrow. This episode of The Spill was produced by Laura Brodnick and Gia Moylan with audio production by Rhiannon Mooney. We'll see you at mamamia.com.au and on The Spill Instagram. See ya. Bye. Na 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 na